I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. So, a very special guest is back this week. We welcome Lewis Williams. How are you doing today, Lewis? Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm great, mate. You? Yes, all good, all good. Um, so, we're going to crack on straight on with Mid-South review from my third birthday in 1984. So, November the 24th, 1984. So, if any listeners, obviously, that means that my 39th birthday is coming up soon, which fills me with pure dread. So, um, yeah, you can buy me whatever you want. I like gold bars, expensive watches, all that, sort of, all that good stuff. You can reach out to me on Twitter for my address, which I think is highly unlikely. So, um, how... Well, so I'm about to ask you a ridiculous question then about what would, what birthday would it have been for you? We were in the same year at school. So your birthday in May would have been the third birthday the following year, wouldn't it? So Yeah. So I'm 38. I'm 39 next May. Yeah. Terrible, terrible question there. We'll, we'll move on. So at the desk, <laughs> we have Boyd. Great start. Cracking starts this podcast. It's, got, it's only uphill from here. So at the desk, we have Boyd Pierce and Bill Watts, a.k.a. the A-team. I would feel a little bit unfair on Jim Ross saying that. Boyd is wearing a disappointingly understated brown suit. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan is here this week. Master G and Brickhouse Brown will be up against Chavo and Hector Guerrero. The Rock and Roll Express will be in action against Ted DiBiase and Hercules. We have Butch Reed versus Buddy Landell and Terry Taylor will be there. Um, Bill Watts then does an intro for the Dream Match competition again and we see uh, that whole package. So Lewis, if you could select any Dream Match of any two wrestlers of any era, um, work on the basis of them being there in their prime. So dead or alive, present, current or historical, who do you think would be the two wrestlers that you'd most want to see in a match that perhaps never, never actually had the chance to happen? I should have, I should have prepped you for this one, shouldn't I? This is the, I always yes. think that. So I've asked a couple of, couple of guests and it's like, you get about Sweet half a second, you. about half a minute of silence after this. That is a very tough question. I mean, I would Are imagine you... that, is The Rock going to be on one side of it? Because obviously you're a huge Rock fan. Probably not because as a rock fan, I kind of, I feel like I kind of got the best out of him, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, and I think that a bit like Cena, who's kind of dropped off now, he's very wise to not wrestle anymore because he doesn't want to stink out the joint, as Austin once said. Um, I, I love the idea of Bret Hart being one component of... I like, I like that a lot, yeah. What are you saying? And funnily enough, I, I thought about this the other day with what's going on in WWE with um, Randy Orton when he went into the locker room, lights out and then lights on. He's like decimated um, the stable of um, WWE legends who were on the show to promote um, Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think there was like Big Show, Flair and, and a few of the others. But yeah, I'd actually love to see a legend killer angle match Bret Hart versus Randy Orton. Sweet God. Well, I tell you what, that would be, if you, if you had a 38 or 39 year old Bret Hart versus Randy Orton at any time, that would be Randy Orton's best ever match by about a bazillion light years. So yeah, so, that's, that's a really interesting one. I think. Yeah. The one as far, that as, bookings, as, far as bookings, as far as bookings concerned, what, what, what would you give that out to? I, I, I like cool. that. I'd give it, uh, I'd probably give that, I'm going 7.75 out of 10. I'm harsh on my ratings. I was going to say that you 
eight, at least eight. Come on. Uh, I was close to eight, but I don't like Randy enough to give it an eight. So sorry, I can't. Oh, yeah. dude, he's carrying that company. Jesus. Uh, I anyway. like Randy Orton is, is for me is a good. And again, we, we talked about this so fair. We're recording this a couple of weeks ahead of time, but Randy Orton is a great character and he's very solid in ring. The only thing I think about Randy Orton is if you had to, if you asked me to name five classic Randy Orton matches, I would struggle with some of those in terms of the quality of his actual in-ring work. And actually some of the stuff that I would remember for him, perhaps a bit more than good stuff is some of the awful things he's been in. Some of the stinkers of Triple H, the stinkers of John Cena. And, and that, I wouldn't put that all on him. I think a lot of that is down to, you know, if you stick Triple H and Randy Orton in the main event at WrestleMania after Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, what do you expect? So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, so that's a bit like uh, Triple H and Chris Jericho at the, the Toronto WrestleMania. We were, in fact, we had, we had the pleasure of that twice, didn't we? Two stinking WrestleMania main events, which is, uh, which is interesting. When you're walking out of WrestleMania and everyone's just like, especially the Houston one, everyone's like mumbling away and like really depressed and down. It's like, you've just been to WrestleMania, you shouldn't be feeling like this at the end. Uh, but no, that's good. I thought you were going to go Bret Hart and Kurt Angle actually there where, where I thought you were. Well, that's another headed. good one. But yeah. the reason why I picked uh, Randy is because he's kind of the blueprint of the epitome of a, of a WWE heel at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they could do know, a really good story with those two because Brett's like the pure baby face. I think that would really, really work. Maybe I'll give you an 8 out of 10 for that, actually. There you yeah, go. Yeah, that's generous. right. Give you you know it. 0.25%. So, you know it, yeah, exactly. What says, back from the package, that Ernie Ladd had agreed to fight Magnum T.A. in a cage match, but not on TV because they thought it would be too violent. They then recapped the angle with Duggan and DiBiossi from last week, with Duggan ending up taking a nasty beating at the hands of Akbar's crew. Um, did you have any thoughts on Ted and Duggan and co here, plus Dr. Death Steve Williams coming out in full American football gear? Um, it, it, I actually thought that um, Hercules Hernandez was hilarious with his whole chic gimmick. A lot of the things I'm seeing were like recycled by Vince um, in early Federation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to see um, Hercules dressed up with the Sheik stuff that made me burst out in laughter I thought that he he actually worked that match better than the rest of them I thought Williams was really sloppy to be fair like the shoulder barges and rugby tackles were like not very stiff looking when I thought um, yeah. they just weren't yeah. good and then later on in the in the show he um, he fights uh, oh who is it the uh, nature boy uh, Lee Ramsey is, is uh, Steve Williams I think he might be in an angle with Landell later on but yeah he's, he's yeah. against Lee Ramsey yeah yeah um, but yeah it was it was good and entertaining but again I respect it was the precursor and the original but I kind of saw all of that kind of shake you know Middle Eastern heel like stuff before and I don't know it just didn't really hit the mark but in terms of the wrestling Hernandez actually probably wrestled one of the best matches I've ever seen him wrestle I thought every every single thing I've seen of Hercules from this period, like when we, we I'm sure you watched the tapes the same as me from like the 80s and early 90s. He was just a, like a another right muscled guy, like. But in this era, he's fast, he's yep. he's crisp, and he just looks really really good. I wonder, I wonder if this, you know, the hard schedule of the road in the 80s for all these territorial promotions just caught up with him before he got to WWF and he went there and he was yep. traveling all over the country and it just it just like, affected his work. But yeah, he was really good here. Um, so Jim Ross is the ring announcer and first up is Dale Burnett making his Mid-South debut and he's wearing a, a rather vile all black singlet uh, with tights on the bottom did you remember this guy's outfit in terms of like he had long black 
tr- uh, like tights on and like a, a kind of a vest, a bit like the Big Show, but ve- like very, very kind of silky. It just wasn't. It wasn't a great look for Mister Burnett. No, at all. I don't remember him. Um, and Duggan won this one in one twenty-five with a flying headbutt tackle. So very, very much a squash here. Uh, any thoughts on uh, Duggan and uh, Burnett here to start the show? Uh, Duggan just doing what Duggan always did, um, and clearly from then for the next decade but um yeah it wasn't very memorable for me i'm afraid <laughs> that's all right that's all right it's all good so after the break we had master g and brickhouse brown going up against the guerreros and um, g always as always got a good reaction from the crowd <laughs> and what says that the guerreros are mexican aristocracy and have a wealthy background he also added that the guerreros saw that america stole texas from mexico and as such they've come here to beat american wrestlers i didn't think that made a lot of sense because i presume that Ultimately, if the Guerreros have an excellent win-loss record in Mid-South, that someone in the government of America isn't going to turn around and say, well, actually, these two wrestlers from Mexico are so successful, we're going to give you Mexico. But there we go. Uh, Highlights in this one included G hitting a great head scissors, which saw the Guerreros smash into one another, and a beautiful jumping double knees to the face from Charvo to G. Uh, plus, they're always good-looking uh, drop kicks from Brickhouse. Um, the, what did you think of Brickhouse in this? Because I talked on the show last week that Dave Meltzer wasn't a particular fan of his, but I thought Brickhouse mm-hmm. might look really, really strong in this one. In fact, I thought really all, all four did. You took the words out of my mouth. All four of them looked amazing, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, that match... And those two teams, again, are another blueprint for WWE Attitude Era, like Nation of Domination, almost like um, D'Lo Brown. I saw that kind of style um, in his wrestling from that kind of era. Um, And obviously the Guerreros, they just look like Eddie and Javo to me. So um, in terms of the style and finesse textbook, and I was a happy customer with that match. um, Yes, you had it. Eddie's two brothers in this and obviously Chavo, Chavo Guerrero Jr.'s father was Chavo in this. So right. yeah, in very interesting family connections here. Uh, and they, they won in 410 with Chavo hit Brickhouse uh, with something from the corner as the ref ordered G from the ring. Um, G, well, I think we talked about this around the time you, you were first on. He, he was kind of the man that took, took the reins from Junkyard Dog and was pushed to the moon. But around this yeah, time, yeah. I understand he'd, he'd missed a few dates and he wasn't long from Mid-South at this point. He was, he was headed to the World Wrestling Federation very shortly thereafter to play George Wells so yeah um, yeah uh, an interesting the, the Guerrero's only been around a couple of weeks so an interesting kind of continued push for them uh, um, up next we talked about was Dr. Death Steve Williams versus Lee Ramsey and what said on commentary they had banned many weapons previously um, but Williams has been running roughshod over everyone with his helmet the helmet line always makes me laugh a little bit to be honest, every time they, they use that because I have the <laughs> humor of a five-year-old uh, Williams hit a couple of three-point stance tackles followed by an Oklahoma stampede body slam for the win in 127 as the crowd started cheering as Hacksaw Jim Duggan made his way out in full American football gear Williams put his helmet on and Duggan got down in the three-point stance position but Williams then headed to the outside as the crowd cheered Duggan um, any thoughts on this one with Williams and the post-match with uh, with Duggan here yeah, you're being far too um, lenient in the in the um, overview. He turned tuck tail and ran. God yeah, damn it! He did. He did it, was, yeah. it was hilarious. <laughs> it was such an anticlimax, but it, you know that you know professional wrestling, perfect way to kind of angle that um, and, and save it for the the main event. Um, I thought that the the his in ring ability is probably the best. I saw him. Obviously, there were only basic slams, but the you know the sequencing was well put together. Um, 
and then to continue his his feud with with Duggan with the helmet, which was on the post, um, the turnbuckle post. I thought that was probably the best I've seen um, uh, the Doctor from when I saw the last show when he was introed. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, we've yeah. Been, we've been being promised um, for many many weeks uh, a football helmet match between these two, which we I never really quite understood what that what that was was actually going to be. And interestingly, this um, this show. So, so the way they worked their kind of live event business is they would um, the bit of the show that we don't see is going in and out of breaks. I said this a few times on the show before. We're going in and out of breaks. You get the local promo. So say we were in the mid south area and we lived in. Uh, New Orleans and they, they would do a promo for the match that would be coming to our town and we'd go and buy tickets to that so the angles on the show were to push those matches but they would repeat those matches all, ar- all around the loop basically so this mm. this show this particular show fell in a slightly odd time in that this was taped prior to their big show at the Superdome that took place um, two days before this aired but obviously the angles were already done and stuff. So at, at the at the Superdome show, um, we got Butch Reed and Jim Duggan versus Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase, um, plus McIntyre versus Ernie Ladd in the main event, plus, and also the Rock and Roll Express versus the Midnight Express in a scaffold match. But that was basically the card that they would they would use all around the place. Um, but this particular show fell in slightly odd time because they were still pushing, still pushing those that kind of set of matches even though some of it had already taken place if that makes sense so you're uh, the following week that i haven't seen yet you'll start move, the angles will start changing a little bit as we push forward to the the kind of next loop and the next next set of big shows um so back from break what said that pro wrestlers have the busiest schedule in the world but also they have the biggest hearts and channel 10 in lafayette requested that the rock and roll express spend some time with mario white and they made a brighter day in this youngster's life and we then cut to a video package of mario white who was unfortunately suffering with leukemia the package said that his nurses had the idea of trying to fulfill his wish of meeting the rock and roll express they contacted Miss South Wrestling and arranged for Ricky and Robert to meet him. Um, Mario didn't know they were coming, and there was an incredible scene with Mario coming outside with a smile on his face uh, when the rock and rolls first turned up. And um, this got me completely. I thought this was pretty spine chilling, bit of tears in the eyes. I just thought this was a superbly done segment. Um, what did you think of this uh, this package? Yeah, I I think that. Um, you're absolutely right. I agree with you. It's almost like bringing those real life issues into sports entertainment, professional wrestling. You know, like modern day stuff is kind of like the make a wish John Cena. Yeah. Um, in story, um, things like Elizabeth and Macho Man, in terms of, you know, doing a really deep emotional angle. But this is a kid. So, you know. To, to know that they kind of pulled that angle so far back in, you know, Mid-South's time. Because I think they did it again. Um, I can't remember a couple of wrestlers, uh, like, kind of sponsor. Um, some kids who were sick. I can't think who the wrestler was. What, is this modern WWE time? or? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, not, it's not new. But to know that they were doing that kind of stuff that far back and obviously using it to promote rock and roll and have them, you know, go to location and do it, it was all very... Um, instrumental in, in what we kind of see today. But yeah, yeah, props, props yeah to absolutely. Props to I, th- I think this was the, I mean, good use from Mid-South to have it on their television, but I think this was the news channel because it's different. It was just a different tone, wasn't it? The way it was all put together. So it was, it was good, good on, obviously massively on the guys for doing the video package, but it was, it was so well done. And it really just, I mean, these, these, these guys were superstars, 
Um, and, and that, you know, this, this just helps him more in terms of them, them doing this good deed. So the big one is up next with the men of the moment, the Mid-South Tag Team Champions of Rock and Roll Express, who've got another superstar-like reaction, taking on Hercules Hernandez and Ted DiBiase. Um, so I found myself just sitting back and enjoying this one um, rather than taking a lot of notes, sort of move for move, as the four men produced basically what was perfect four-minute TV match before Skandar pulled down the top rope on Gibson for the disqualification. Um, after the bell, DiBiase and Hercules went after Morton two-on-one Akbar then threw a small fireball into Morton's face. Watts on commentary wasn't sure if Morton had been burned or not. The Rock and Roll Express would continue to be beaten down until Taylor, Reed, and Magnum Tiam came out and made the save. So this is a really heavy-duty angle with fire being used here for what is Saturday morning television. Um, what did you think of the match and also the, the use of fire here? Um, yeah, the Rock and Roll Express got the typical... Uh, you know, pretty boy face reaction as I expected. Um, I'd seen, as we discussed a little earlier, um, Hercules uh, perform very well and, and do stuff which, you know, showed him at his best. It was actually Ted DiBiossi that stood out in this match for me and he was bumping all over the place and, you know, really um, making the Rock and Roll Express look even better than they already are and and I like the way the commentators um, mentioned the difference of speed and strength I think that worked well with what uh, the guys kind of uh, played out on 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 screen in ring um, but yeah like I said so Ted Bossy was the highlight and again another precursor to maybe the uh, Mr. Fuji era of powder and, and this and that but I thought it was cool I like the, the fireball, although I didn't know it was shown on a Saturday morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. Imagine sitting there watching that with your kids and someone throws a fireball in someone's face. I mean, crikey, that is not that is not very PG at all. But they do they do some blood they do some blood angles and stuff on this promotion. You think like I don't you know, obviously everyone's pretty sensitive, but perhaps people weren't as sensitive back in nineteen eighty four to these things because no, uh, no, no, they, they can't have been. Um, so back from the break, we had Nature Boy Buddy Landell in ring with Skandar as the crowd chanted Reed, Reed at him. Landell begged off early before Reed got on top with punches and the newly turned babyface got a very positive reaction from the Shreveport crowd as Watts put him over huge on commentary. The crowd broke into another Reed chant as Landell regrouped on the outside. Reed hit a big bulldog but pulled Landell up when a three count looked like it could have been got there. Reed continued the beat down and nearly took Landell's head off with a huge clothesline, which I'd imagine you appreciate as a fan of... Uh, of big moves. I thought of you in this, uh, this clothesline line, poor old, uh, Landell would have felt that one in the morning. Yeah. The old Jesus move. Yeah, absolutely. Akbar looks trying to interfere and this allowed Landell to land a big knee to the kidneys of Reed for a brief rally before Reed fought back. Dr. Death again in full football gear got in there and hit a big charge on Reed for the DQ in just over four minutes. The beatdown continued until Hacksaw Jim Duggan made the save with his two by four and the heels escaped. So another angle at the end of a match here rather than a finish, which is somewhat expected, but I found a little bit grating in the circumstances. But obviously, as we said, they were setting up, um, you know, how, you know, how show business, et cetera here. So perhaps understandable. What did you think of this, uh, this four minutes of action and the, the follow-up angle here? Yeah, it was good. You'll have to, everybody will have to pardon my ignorance as much as I'm, you know, a wrestling fan like Steve. I don't know everything and ignorance is bliss. I assume <laughs> that, that Ric Flair stole this Nature Boy gimmick or, or, or who, who's recycled it for Flair? Because I think there's, I think three people now I've heard with this whole Nature Boy thing and I don't know the origin of it other than Flair. 
So I think the original, uh, the original Nature Boy, as far as I know, was Buddy Rogers, um, who um, was the first WWE champion, I believe. Um, so he he also was um, an NWA champion as well. There's there's a famous story about him um, and Bruno San Martino and losing the title. Um, really 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 quickly so yeah rogers put over bruno, bruno san martino in a quick 48 second match on may 17th 1963 the match had to be kept short for fear of rogers having a major heart attack and dying in the ring so basically um rogers moved away from the nwa when the worldwide worldwide wrestling federation split with the nwa and basically to become like the, the new york version of the of the world heavyweight champion so i think right. that was that he was the first nature boy um and i believe that he I, I believe i could be wrong i believe that he allowed rick flair to use that um but i think buddy rogers is more but sorry uh buddy landell is more of a ripoff of flair with a little bit of roberts obviously with the with the same first name um yeah and yeah. even his ring attire and the, the 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 blonde hair everything was pretty um you know, identical to, to to it, which is why I thought, hang on a sec, what's going on here? But yeah, no, I thought that, um, you know, um, Buddy sold it well, um, put over the big guy. It was good TV. Or I, I think he could have done a low blow, but he went for like a, a forearm in the back or something. And yeah, he needs the back, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it should have been a low blow, but hey. <laughs> I think perhaps they didn't do that because Reed got, got back it. Because if, if, if he'd done that, I guess Reed would have had to sold it a bit longer, wouldn't he? But as it was, Reed right, sure. got right back into it, just showing Reed's toughness. And Reed doing a good job as um, in the role as a, a baby face, having only just been turned. So Master G on his way out and Reed really, really heavily on the baby face side now. Um, so back from break, we head to the desk with Watts and. Boyd and Watts says it's been a wild, it's been wild and woolly there today. And he wants to take a moment to welcome back Terry Taylor, who's been off for a month with an injured spleen. Um, and we then get the freeze frame video package on Taylor that has aired a few times before. And um, what do you think of this lovely bit of 80s cheese here that was served up on a nice platter for us? Dude, I was digging it, especially the two girls that kissed him in the crowd as he was walking through. <laughs> I was like, that's very, that's very Ric Flair. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, he just seemed to have the charisma and, and the, the, the swagger. And then I think um, I tried to look at the um, the timer on the timeline to, to catch the um, minutes and seconds, but I couldn't get it. He, um, he gets uh, his opponent in a scoop slam. Or, no, I beg your pardon. He oh, is this, so, we, yeah, so we go into a match after this with, with uh, Taylor yeah. Dalvisi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he does. Um, he's on the receiving end of a scoop slam, and then like curls it up into maybe like a reverse arm bar hammerlock kind of move. Whatever it is, it looked pretty slick. I was very impressed. Good because something that didn't look slick was unfortunately the finish of this match between Taylor and V. It was awful, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so basically, Taylor's finishing move was a flying forearm, but like old Tito Santana's used to do, um, and it looked and it usually is pretty good actually. So he would, you know, oh Michaels did that, so I didn't. Sure, Michaels was really like and obviously not a finisher, but sure Michaels had an excellent flying forearm, which usually led to his nip up, didn't it? I believe. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. So he, he went for the flying forearm, and VC was just completely out of position, so he backed off into the right and didn't, didn't bump from the, the flying forearm. So Taylor basically just called it in the ring, body slam, one, two, three, and two, 18. So obviously some good stuff in this one, but um, a bit of a, bit of a botch ending there. Well, it's funny you, you, you say that because the, 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 the video package more showed you um, 
his forearm finishes up until they explained about the spleen thing. So yes. I was waiting for him to hit that move. And then when that splash came, I was like, it's almost like he, um, between the referee and his opponent, they weren't sure what was going on. So it now makes sense. Yeah, it, it looked yeah. a bit boshed. The thing, that's, the thing that's weird about this show is that, um, well, there's a few things that are weird, but obviously a lot of things that are great. But the thing that, 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 is, that is interesting is they don't ever, they don't ever edit any of this stuff out. They film it for the 44 minutes or whatever it is. And if someone botches someone, they botch it. Whereas actually, I remember there's a story when Matching Man Randy Savage lost the title back to Ric Flair in September 92 on an, an episode of Primetime Wrestling. Vince McMahon hated the finish so much that he made um, made Ric Flair and Randy Savage go back out to the ring um, and basically redo that element of it in front of no crowd. So they edited it that much, um, and that is that's only you're only talking about sort of eight years after that. Whereas this this show was very much you know this is this is what we're putting on and th- and this is it basically. So back to the desk and what said that Joel, who puts the videos together, gets a lot of mail about how good his videos are. He's the youngest broadcaster in wrestling at 20 and he really brings the youth to Mid-South. So we've, we've gone through the match here um, and we talked about the kind of uh, the botch finish. Uh, and with mere minutes to go, we are allegedly getting Magnum TA versus Jack Victory. Watson commentary says that we've been on a journey with Magnum, with Mr. Wrestling 2 as his mentor and his quest for the title and it ending up being stolen by Ernie Ladd. And next week, we have Magnum Terry Taylor versus Ted DiBiossi and Hercules Hernandez. They are negotiating with Brad Armstrong also to make an appearance in two weeks' time. Um, Magnum won this match, not unexpected, with the belly-to-belly suplex in 1.35. Um, some nice moves from Magnum as per usual, um, but not a huge amount to this. Um, and literally, as the three count was hit, we cut right into closing credits. Um, so what did you think of this? I mean, and as, as we talked off air, there wasn't a huge amount to this show, was there, in terms of like... Um, you know, massive angles of storyline advancement or kind of long match. It was, it, as, we t- as we said, it was a kind of waiting for the big shows to get out of the way so they could talk about the results and move on to the next bit. Um, so this was only really a so-so episode of Miss South Wrestling for me. And um, the highlight was very much the Rock and Roll Express video package visiting Mario White and um, followed by the tag team match with the Rock and Roll Express um, versus DiBiossi and Hercules, albeit the big post-match angle wasn't to my taste. Um, the Guerreros versus Brickhouse and Marshall was also decent as well. So what did you think in closing of this, my third birthday, November 24th, 1984 episode of Miss South Wrestling? I thought it was a, a nice little watch. Um, one thing I would say about the era and the style of wrestling, the way the guys worked matches in that era, it was very solid, very fluid, very on point. Um, and as I always say, the the modern day era of wrestling is very fast paced. Um, and, and, you know, the guys today, the guys and girls today are doing a lot of technical uh, high flying stuff, but should any of that fail or, you know, different styles, for example, Seth Rollins versus, I don't know, um, you know, like a big guy, like the big show stick to that style because it works and it, it, it means that you can do the smack talk and all that kind of stuff. That's why I think Roman Reigns match recent matches since he's turned heel are better because in and amongst him being a heel, the matches are slower whereby he's not gassing, he can use his strength better and he can talk. Yeah. Whereby you can hear the heel slurs getting slung and obviously him having the, the personal family angle with, with Jay works. But in terms of style, I, I like watching 
uh, Mid-South because the style means that, you know, it's fun. It can be fast if the guys are, are well-matched, but it can be slower to, you know, push the characters of heel and face. And uh, just to mention the last guy who was fine, what was his name again? Uh, so we had Magnum TA in the last match. Magnum TA. I thought that he his athleticism and in-ring ability was very clear, but I got the genuine impression he was rushing and his opponent wasn't as technically gifted as he was because there were a couple of times when he bumped, the guy bumped and he kind of, like, he's, he's like, the back of his thighs and his bum, like, hit before his back and stuff like that. It just, it wasn't as smooth on, on his... Um, partner's part um but no obviously a really good wrestler um and it could have gone a bit longer well Lewis, thank you so much for your time again and we certainly look forward to speaking to you again uh, in the not too distant future what's your twitter situation at the moment are you back on are you are you giving it a miss no no doom scrolling during lockdown are you staying clear what's the what's the score Twitter, I still haven't re- revisited it. No, let's leave, let's leave it then. We'll, 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 maybe we'll get you get you back on for the next time. But thank you very much for your time and thanks everyone for listening and I shall speak to you all again very soon. Hello everybody, I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express and if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out, all the products. That's on redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from t-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com, people, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash Mid-South Moments. Thank you very much for listening to the show. If you've enjoyed it, why not head over to Apple Podcasts and hit the subscribe button, follow on Spotify, or press whatever you need to where you listen to this show to receive the episodes as soon as they are released. We love reviews at Mid-South Moments, so why don't you make my day by leaving a five-star rating? Also, if you're interested in guest hosting in the future, please do reach out at Mid Moments on Twitter, and I look forward to speaking with you all again very, very soon. <laughs>